following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, apparently there's a picture of me out there somewhere Uh that was tweeted out like a few minutes ago. I just want you to know that's like some fat version of me. It's not who I am. Uh, The camera adds 15 pounds. They do say that. I've lost five. (laughs) Since that picture came out. God, I wish I could make that claim about my own weight. (laughs) Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Big Steve is on the board today with some special guests in studio over there (laughs) hanging out. Uh, But we also have a special guest in studio with us right now. I'm not sure he's been back in studio since his last day. At News Radio KMAN. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back from Emaw Online in studio. We have Mason Voth. He's back. Yeah. Give him a hand. Troy's too good to put down Twitter right now to give uh, you a hand. That's Sorry, fine. Mason. Sorry, that's I was fine. just noticing the Chiefs traded Richard Fenton today. I, I put up oh. my I put up my hands like yeah thank you guys but that's you know it's radio can't really do that uh, yeah I, I did the math September fourth twenty twenty last day in here whoa so wow mm-hmm. did not realize it's been mm-hmm. that long jeez yep. didn't realize we're in our second football season without you on the show yeah, I get well, it'd, it'd you know, be the third actually twenty twenty I wasn't oh, yeah. here so yeah it was a, a few games like John in twenty twenty one. No, I was because of the season started late, so I wasn't even here in 2020 when the season kicked off. Well, I'm saying John left like oh, yeah, about he, midway yeah. through the season. I reminded yeah. him a couple of weeks ago. I was like, you know, since you've left, K State's 10 and three <laughs> in football, and now they're wow. and now they're 11 and four. Uh, yeah, he ain't coming back ever again. No, 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 no. I mean, we got a ton to talk about. We're gonna try to squeeze it all in because we're in overlap season. Football, we'll, we'll of course respond to that. Plus, Chris Kleiman with some. Some quotes earlier today. He's talking quarterbacks. K-State basketball exhibition game tonight from Bramlage. And that tips off at 7 o'clock against Washburn. Plus, in the first hour, I do want to squeeze in some Meet the Wildcats with Austin Moore. Grant Flanders from K-State Online is coming on at 510 oh. to talk hoops. Oh. You don't like him? Dude, just... You remember him. I remember him. He used to do sports updates... On K Rock and man, we used to go at it, man. Like, cause his personality is just tough. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like. Well, he's not really a morning guy. It's like, it's like Flando, Brandon Peoples, Nick McNamara, the kind of prickly personalities. <laughs> you just it's like everything you say, they're like, well, actually, and you're like, God dang it! How big is that bus you're going to use to drive over people here today? <laughs> Pretty big. Okay, dude. got Pretty it. Pretty big. <laughs> Mason has some hot takes on you. Sorry. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what comes to mind. I may have a few who says no's or something for I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what comes out. I'm bouncing it after talking to Flando because uh, going over to Bramlage really got to let my dog out too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think Priorities. that's important. Sure. So uh, Troy's going to have for us a number two song of the day. Oh. We haven't done that in a little while. That's that's a good bit. It I is. like that. It's really good. You know, it number really one, good. number two, number yeah. one, number two. It's really good. It is. I have a, when it's just me, it's the number 47 song. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but first, um, I, I wanted to share this with everybody. Uh, I got it around here somewhere. I got it right here, actually. So Mason actually noticed it, that there's like, you know, some change had been made to the wall, the office that Troy and I shared. It's kind of like a wall of fame mm-hmm. for for sports. 
I think you know, on the wall we got the 61 points from Aoka Lee. We got the 20, uh, 2012 and 2003 Big 12 Championship football posters on the wall. The Liberty Bowl 2019 championship shirt that K-State didn't win <laughs> is on the board. I, I still can't believe you took that away from some poor kid in Africa. Yeah. We took two of them, actually. Oh, well, <laughs> good thing there was a box of 100. <laughs> So oh, I, 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 I was going to run this by the court here and uh, see if we could add one more thing to it. So what I'm holding right now is my Oklahoma State PA chart wow. from Saturday. Nice. And I put the final score. I autographed it. Do, you, do we think this should go up on the wall? Hmm. Seems like there's like some ulterior motives here for Mitch to get like a piece of Mitch Fortner lore on the wall. Yeah. Well, I, I would say it's about time. <laughs> but uh, I mean. Hey, I, I think it's probably worth considering. I, I don't want to be the deciding vote, though. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just back around here for a little bit. I'm not making any decisions, so that's up to those two guys. Yeah, you step in the building, and all of a sudden you're, like, demanding things, you know? <laughs> no, I— He got mad because his coat didn't work anymore. I, yeah. I was like, oh, God, here we can't go. Can't help you. Well, I, dude, I just—it is a shameless plug to get your own stuff on the wall, which— I like I like that a lot. I say yeah, put it up there. Well, that's two to nothing. I, so I I've think got no wins. issue with it, so yeah. Ah! I also wanted to do one more thing. We haven't done this in a while, and I think this is a very appropriate time because let's add it all up here. I mean, Manhattan High is just tearing it up. Uh, so is Rock Creek. That game, by the way, moved to Thursday against Heston. Awaiting a kickoff time. Uh, they have not set an official kick time for Thursday night, but it will be a Thursday night game but against the, Heston. I guess what we're really getting at, though, this doesn't have to do with high school f- sports, but it has to do with the Cats beating Oklahoma State 48-0. They have two wins against top 10 teams this season for the first time ever, according to the AP poll. K-State Hoops tips off tonight. Big Steve, uh, you know what? I think it's time uh, to hit it. Go ahead. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State. Our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Kansas State, the fun is being there. Having a good time there. Purple and white we share. Showing our colors everywhere. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State. Yes. It's pretty good. Aren't we all just awake now? You know, I just thought those people have never been attacked by a cat because you don't, it's not a singing type of situation. <laughs> it actually really stinks. I mean, almost sounds like propaganda, really. Well, well, they could Come be. on, join the cat attack. Come on, join the cat attack. Play that backwards. That's got to be something. It's just when you get smoked by a cat, you don't want to sing it. Well, when it was released in. The 80s. Mm. Join the cat attack. I mean, was there really any positive attacking going on? No. No. Oh, no. Everybody was like, turn that down. Now people crank it up. A lot of British efforts in those wars. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's really true. Yeah, history. Harsh. Well, I, I don't. Are we talking eighteen eighties, nineteen eighties? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> talking about wars and British and the AI. I, I got an F in history, so I don't really know. I, I can't tell you. So who's going to start a quarterback on Saturday for K State Mason? Um, I think that's a very tough question to ask. And I, I was telling you beforehand, and I'll tell anybody that listens, I I almost get the feel that it's going to be Will Howard again, just based off the way Chris Kleiman kind of talked today, and then kind of just a gut feeling, ride the momentum you have with it. And I have a tough time believing that like Adrian is still going to be able to be at that 100% level. Like if he wasn't there this past weekend, he made that determination he couldn't go, he couldn't even get ready after the bye week, that maybe it's the right time to just let the momentum ride out, night game at home with Texas, throw Will back out there and let him go. He still has one game left that he can use and keep the red shirt. And then that road trip to Waco, maybe Adrian's at 100%, you go with him. Or if not, then you have some tougher decisions to make. But it almost felt like he was kind of resigned to the idea that that Will Howard might go this weekend. But I don't really think there's a wrong answer. You're, you're really looking at it as buying time at this point, aren't you? To allow for your to allow for Adrian to get healthy. You know what you've got now with Will, and that allows you a little bit of leeway. You don't feel pressure to have to make that decision. I it's I agree with Mason where it's a tough question to answer. Now the way I look at it is, do not play Adrian if he's not a hundred percent. You don't have sure. to play Adrian if he's not a hundred percent because you can also if you want to keep that red shirt, he's got two games to play him. You got two games. You could play him against Texas, and I think we've all he's earned all of our trust at this point. So it's not like well. You know, we just barely escaped Oklahoma State. We need to, you know, hurry up and uh, Adrian, let's get going here so you can play on Saturday. That is not the case whatsoever. It's let's not play Adrian unless he is one hundred percent to not mm-hmm. only throw the football, run the football, uh, because I think that's where he does have a bit of an advantage over Will Howard. But where the confusion comes in and where you're like boggling your mind on who it should be, Will Howard is zipping it, and he is throwing it accurately with a fastball. He's got a change up. What else does he have, Troy? You're, you're going through the you're going through the pitches right now. What is a, what else does he have? I, I don't know about a slur because really that's a bit of problematic when you try to complete that to someone like Cade Warner. the The thing that stands out to me, really at this point though, is if if you want to preserve the red shirt, you don't have to worry about that this week. It's then the following week that you really get into that spot where you have to look at it. Because now you're looking at this would be game three that Will Howard will have played if he goes this Saturday with Texas. So you're not at that point yet where you really have to make that call. Are you better off letting Adrian rest one more week? And that's probably a good thing to mention in it is if you give Adrian this week to rest up and make sure he's at 100%, because you know even if he's at 99.9 this week, I would throw Will out there because if you throw a less than 100% Adrian Martinez out there, the chance of re-injury is up there. And then then at that point, like you are locked into burning Will Howard's red shirt, whether you want to do it because he's playing well or because it's a necessity at that point. It's such an interesting dynamic to have added this four-game window with red shirts. And because it does put you in a situation where 
you have to try, if you're wanting to redshirt someone like Will Howard, you have to try to really manage and massage things a bit differently than if you were just looking to redshirt him, period. You know, you're not counting a guy out at the start of a year. I know we all assailed KU last year for burning the redshirt of Jalen Daniels, but they were put into a position where really they felt they had to. Uh, and had already played him in X number of games. Now you're in the situation, if you're if you're K-State, well, you've allowed it to get to this point where you still have one game that you can utilize him. And if that buys you time for your starting quarterback to get healthy again and put you in line for then the last two regular season games, uh, the decision isn't so hard this week to me, but that's just me looking at it. And if something were to happen to Adrian again down the road, if you are able to use Adrian, that's that's another part because I'm, I'm putting together got, a, still have a, a game pros and cons list in my head. Of And there's so many strategies you could attack this to where you could save his red shirt, but you still have two games to play with. I, don't, I, I just kind of, every comment I make, I'm also thinking about a different scenario where yeah. maybe that trumps the previous thought. And I, I, but my gut says go Will Howard because he's a hot hand. He's been playing phenomenal football. To me, he's been playing great football the last two weeks. And when he was throwing it around, he was killing TCU. He was killing uh, Oklahoma State. Texas might be a different story. They are better defensively than those two teams. But Boy, it, who it, thought we'd ever say that about TCU? It, it's also hard to put that on the bench. Yet, Adrian was a starting quarterback. The reason he's not playing right now is because he is legitimately hurt. And there gets into the concept as well. It, you don't lose your spot because of injury. I, you're you're absolutely right. There are so many different permutations to this argument but that you who, can make. But who says that? I mean, but where's that written in stone? You don't lose it because of it. Oh, I know. Like, I'm just, just saying like, that there's that there is a mindset. Well, there is a thought process on some on some coaches' part. It does right. happen. That's though. the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, and my thing is like, I break it down to who who do we owe more? Do you owe Adrian Martinez? The, the attempt at getting that starting position back. Because do you think 100% Adrian Martinez is better than 100% Will Howard, like health-wise? Is, that, is Adrian Martinez better than Will Howard across the board? Does he give us the better chance to, to, to win if he's 100%? Well, and let's not forget, it's not like he wasn't playing high-level football he was, when he I left mean, during the TCU game. That Oklahoma game, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that performance as long as I live. That was magic. It really was. And that's what kind of is, the, the I think, the part that sucks. That we're, they're both playing fantastic football. Um, but like I said, wh- who do we owe? I mean, do, does the Richard discussion... I mean, does Will Howard's opinion? Have, you know, does, do they ask him like, "Oh yeah, you know," or do you want that uh, on on a do red you shirt? Get Richard yeah, on a redshirt decision. Absolutely. If I'm him, I'm like, to the player. "Stick with me, man. I got you, man. I got I got you." He looks fantastic, and it just, I think the the easy one for this week, Will Howard. Will Howard gets the start if Adrian Martinez is not 100 percent like. Mason said he could be 99.9%, but if there's just one little part of him that thinks, I, I don't know if I'm 100%, it's got to be Will Howard. God, how great Bill is it Howard. to be having this debate? 
I mean, honestly, yeah. that, that this is the type of a thing that we're having a debate. Not that, uh, well, let's see, Will Howard didn't get it done. Do you go to Jake Rubley? <laughs> yeah, well, it totally changes things. Like, looking forward, I mean, thinking of things, it, today's a big day. K-State picked up two new commitments to the 2023 class. They're up to number 28 nationally in the in the team rankings. And that's going to be, without a doubt, one of the best classes they've had in a very long time. And so you've got talent coming in. There's still some guys out there that they want to add to the mix. And now next year's outlook changes drastically because you know Will Howard is coming back as the guy, whereas it was going to be a question, do you go find another guy in the portal? Is Howard on the outs? And then you're debating between new guy, Rubley, and the true freshman Avery Johnson. And all of a sudden it looks like you've got Howard as your your option there. And, and K-State has had other guys pop up depth-wise. So, like, this is very good long-term for K-State. But this is like a this is a killer of a situation, I think, mentally to Chris Kleiman and his staff right now because kind of to what David was talking about, like, you look at where things stand, who do you owe it more to? You feel like you owe a lot to Adrian Martinez. Like, you came in, you gave him a second chance. He put up with so much crap at Nebraska from a bunch of irrational, dumb fans. <laughs> feel very confident in saying that. But also... Like, so you feel a connection there. And I feel that. Like, it would suck. I would hate that for Adrian Martinez. But then you also look at it. Will Howard put up with a lot of crap himself the last two years. Mm-hmm. From me specifically. Like, I will, I will put myself on blast for that. It was not good. I compared him to Carson Wentz a lot. Un- unfair of me. So I, I think both guys have enough skin in the game that you're going to have to make a tough decision at some point. It's just a matter of, does this weekend make sense for that? Or is it next weekend when you go to Waco? This does bring up something, because as you talk about that recruiting class that's coming in in 2023, I don't think we're talking enough about player development this offseason. And it was about the first normal offseason that you can say that the Chris Kleiman era has had, given everything that has gone on since he took the job. This really was the first time that they were able to establish and have an offseason, and that was even with... The number of defensive guys specifically that got hurt during the course of the latter part of last year and into the spring and didn't participate, there still was a basis for the player development to take place over the course of the offseason. And I think we're seeing the benefits of the fact that it was finally normal by some measure for this program. And Will has proved himself to now be the the clear choice for the quarterback of the future and it probably makes Coach Kleiman and Chris Klein, or uh, Coach Kleiman, Chris Kleiman, and Colin Klein feel better about okay, we maybe not don't have to go out to the transfer portal and go get a ringer, right? Like yeah. we did this last year with Adrian Martinez. You're you're feeling a lot better about your quarterback room because not only you know Will Howard is now finally proving that he's the best backup quarterback in college football. Jake Rubley's still developing, but they they've been ranting and raving about uh, Adrian Lara who's a freshman this year. He's been the, the the scout team quarterback, and he's got a hell of an arm, um, plus Avery Johnson coming in next year. What about next season when DJ Giddens – we're like, do we start DJ Giddens or, or my boy Deuce? Is that going to happen? 
No. I think I think, I think so. I think the last couple of weeks we have teetered into that direction as far as you possibly can by mentioning you know, maybe DJ should get a couple of more carries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I guess that conversation happens uh, if the Garcia family has a lot of money to pay pay Deuce next year. <laughs> well, let me see. <laughs> Two kids, no. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's take our let's take our first break. Let's talk a little K State hoops because you know what they're playing tonight. Oh boy. Uh, you know, maybe some thoughts about what to expect tonight at Bramlage Coliseum. I have some expectations, but uh, it's probably not what you're thinking. That's up next. Earlier today, Veneer, Coach Kleiman talking about still boggling his mind about starting QB and uh, hopefully getting some more guys back from injury. We'll find out how the week goes. I don't have that answer now. I, I know that Adrian's closer. I think, you know, Adrian and Daniel Green are the two that, two major ones that missed. And I know that Daniel Green's closer. Nobody that played in the game on Saturday did we lose. And we're hopeful to have more guys back. Daniel Green, that'd be big. Get that kind of tackler back against B. John Robinson and the other running backs, Roshan Johnson, and I worry about those guys. I really do, especially with solo tackling against some power backs. I don't think you're going to hold Texas to zero points on Saturday, but it'll be a good one. Six o'clock for the kick at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's also Harley Day, Power Cat Game Day with Cole Manbeck, Derek Young, and the award-winning Mitch Fortner at two in the afternoon. The award winning, nicely done. Yeah. Wait, Big Steve just, won. Big Steve and I won. Won a KAB. I just want to say know. that together. Just, I'm just pointing out. Just way to slip that in there. Mm-hmm. I know because Big Steve wears it around his neck on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> he walks around. Oh, and he's I'm like now. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Instead of a clock, it's my KAB, and I'm just swaggering in here like, "Hey yo, what up? I'm an award winning broadcaster. Which, What's up?" It also helps. It's a circle, big circle. Yeah. The award is a big circle. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I need to go. Is are they still up on the wall? Is, they I don't are. think music versus movies over there from 2020. They might be. No, John stole them. Oh, uh, that one. Oh, did he really? Yes, there's uh, three no missing. He took three of them mm-hmm. and left. You, you, pal, that was really funny. You, you, <laughs> you, you take that clip right, th- and then you put that also on there. <laughs> you you like, wear a little. I'm wearing this around. around my neck because John stole the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's good. All right, so. We continue with the game. Mitch yeah, Fortner, baby. Troy Coverdale, David G. Big Steve, Mason both from Ema Online. Yes. I was reading some of that premium content about the hoops and the game today, some things to watch out for. And I'll let Mason talk about that here in just a second. Actually, I believe it was Alec that yeah, wrote that up, but I'm sure you supervised. Uh, I'll steal his valor. It's okay. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Here's what I expect to see, and we're going to see Tunnel Dance. I uh, don't know. Is it still going to be to Kill Bill song? Uh, I'm guessing so. Unless that change, that that'd be probably a Coach Tang should we, call there. Should we see if somebody wants to come back do like an alumni tunnel dance right now, or is that bad timing? Might Ooh. be bad timing, just maybe. Well, yeah, let things develop yeah, a little. <laughs> give it about a year. <laughs> maybe next year. Yeah. I, it took me a second, but I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, there's going to be a DJ. Yeah. Like somebody actually scratching some discs and playing some tunes by the band. I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I've been told, 
And according to my script, it looks like to be true. And I think Troy, uh, this was at yesterday's women's basketball mm-hmm. exhibition against uh, Fort Hayes State. There's going to be like an MC, not me hosting the games anymore. My Bob Barker days are postponed. And there's going to be an MC like hosting in game stuff. So. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an extra flare, a couple of extra flares to the game. Just a word of advice to that person. Don't go blue. Okay, let's keep this family friendly. It's I, I, uh Given, I think you're just fine. Just a point. Yeah. yeah hey, I, everybody. You know, Oh, God. And I said this to Wyatt yesterday. Kind of feel like there's going to be a hell of a crowd tonight. Yeah. At least the student section. Mm-hmm. I think we're all just, it's been a long six months mm-hmm. from this team with the hiring of Jerome Tang, staff, 11 new players. We want to see what the first impression is. And according to Coach Tang, I think the first impression is starting fast. Even if, even if it's good or bad, they're going to try to start fast. But I'll, I'll ask Mason over here, you want to throw in some other expectations of you, uh, what you think we'll, we'll see tonight? Um, I, it's, it's, I, I, I saw that look on your face, and I concur. <laughs> I, I don't have because, a ton of expectations. Because, yes, it's kind of a, we're all learning together what this is going to be like, even just with the coaching staff. We're, we're all watching it unfold, and we're all learning together. It's hard. We could just start throwing some names out there. That's easy. Mm-hmm. But what exactly it's going to look like and who's going to do what? You know, it's well, I guess we'll find out tonight. I'll start off with a negative expectation based off of what Coach Tang said yesterday. I expect a lot of turnovers tonight, and especially playing somebody that should be athletically inferior to you, I expect even more. Then you factor into that this is not a this is not a shot, but it's kind of a shot uh, at at this level of basketball. Growing up in Hutchinson, I saw a lot of junior college basketball and the the JUCO tournament. Naquan Tomlin is expected to be, it sounds like, one of the better players on this team, and there's a lot of potential there. He is coming from a level where all they do is run up and down the floor and try and shoot a three or get a dunk a couple of seconds in the shot clock. There are a lot of turnovers, so that's not going to help. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of assimilates into playing a more refined version of basketball than just trying to out-athlete somebody, and that could contribute to the turnover thing. So that's why I don't really have any expectations right now. I'm just interested to see if a lot of the stuff that we've heard turns out to be true, and then seeing how some of the rotation stuff you know, kind of finds its way, because right now it feels like guys like Cam Carter and Jarrell Colbert have kind of been left in the in, in the dust in terms of people talking about them. Um, it's all about Keontae Johnson, as it should be. Um, Marquise Noel coming back, Naquan Tomlin, and some of these other guys. But those were two guys, I mean, I think, if I'm right, those were the first two transfers that they got when Coach Tang got here. So I'm interested to see how they get into the mix and what some of that ends up looking like. And then also, uh, Coach Tang talked about it yesterday as well, but trying to determine if Taj Manning and Dorian Finster uh, end up redshirting or not and seeing if any of those guys see action tonight. Yeah, good chance that decision will be made after tonight uh, between now and then with the uh, home opener which uh, for the regular season, which will be on, uh, on, on Monday. I, I know there's a, a number of guys like – I'm just excited to see a handful of guys play. I, I'm excited to see everybody play. But just from what we've heard about Desi Sills and, and Keontae Johnson and, and Naquan Tomlin and how athletic they are, and and um, I, I'm just I'm ready to see if they're going to live up to the hype. What, what I'm also expecting, I guess, is maybe some guys trying to do a little too much uh, because maybe – I highly doubt you know any of the coaches would ever put this in their heads, but trying to make a name for yourself on the on night one and trying to be a star 
on night one. You're also probably with this game, maybe trying to prove that you can you should be on the floor a little bit more than maybe some of you're competing with a starting spot with. And Coach Tang said every week that you know it's up for grabs on who's going to start every week. Marquise Noel, love the guy. He might take 30 shots tonight. That's kind of the vibe I get from it. Like he's he's out there ready to kind of assert dominance and be like, let's go. He's juiced up. Probably going to have to reel some guys back in. And Coach Tang admitted that yesterday, too. So I don't have high expectations. When you're dealing with it being an exhibition game, the first game of the season, and there's just that, that amount of excitement, plus you factor in that these guys have not played a game really together. The scrimmage you had against uh, against Southern Illinois, sure. But in general, they've not played a game together. Uh, I, I think that there's, it's going to probably be a sloppy game tonight. Oh, I think also, that that's just a given. One other thing to keep in mind. The last time that a head coach came to K-State basketball and was there's this much excitement and juice, they started the year with an exhibition against Washburn, and it ended up in triple overtime with Bob Huggins as the head coach. So And things ended up going very well after that, NIT season and then the tournament the next year, and they take off from that point. So even if something weird and wacky happens tonight – Take a step back, and everything can still be fine. But that's just kind of the temper some expectations. You Sorry know, to be Mr. Buzzkill, but yeah, it's like we got all we got this guy over here. He's writing for K State. We got former PA. We got the Trumpy. Listen, from a fan's perspective, if we don't get 166 points tonight, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't beat these guys by 100, uh, my expectations. Let me tell you, Dave G's expectations, fans' expectations. Marquise Noel, 60 points. <laughs> I mean, that's a given. A lot, of it, else, a lot of it in the paint. Yeah, yeah. Well, going to the cup, a lot. And then some threes, probably ten threes. I, well, I was going to say, like, I think like there, there could be like eight or nine guys that take a three tonight. Th- yeah. That is truly something I want to see is shoot the three more and shoot it well. Because yes. Bruce Weber didn't seem interested in that at all. And having guys that could shoot from the outside, and he certainly didn't look to recruit guys that could make it. Like no. Nigel Pack was the only dude that could make it. He lucked into the fact that Dean Wade was a unicorn in college basketball and was in his backyard from a tiny town, and KU overlooked it. It was like, nah, we don't need that guy. <laughs> so he didn't have a ton of guys that actually knew how to shoot the rock in his time here. I'm excited for K-State to get shooters again because Jerome Tang and Scott Drew, they had a lot of those guys at Baylor. And I'm hoping that in a couple of years we get – that random Canadian white kid that can shoot it in the corner for K State and see what they can do, similar to you know Brady Heslip or something. You know, it's funny you bring up Bruce Weber not really wanting to invest in a lot of deep shooters because it didn't seem like there's a lot of investment for guys who score in the paint either. So, <laughs> uh, offense might have been missing on those Bruce teams. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I do expect good defense, honestly. With all the emphasis on defense and yes. Coach Tang saying we're going to play good defense. This is one of the things, and, and I have always found it intriguing, that for all of the discussion about offense, that the guys that become the best known as offensive coaches are also actually pretty strict about their defense and will tell you that they, in fact, will coach defense first. Um, you know, I... Uh, Jeff Linder really surprised me when he took the Northern Colorado job coming over from Boise State because all of the talk was he's he's you know been the genius behind their offense at, at Boise. He's been the guy that has put together all of these plans, this, that, and the other thing. He came in, the first thing he was talking about was defense and made it a defensive first team, and the offense comes because of the defense. And I, I you're going to see that type of mindset 
especially given that Coach Tang has even admitted that there's going to be times that offense could be questionable. I just want to point out to those listening right now, that is what Troy just said was free content. That is not eight bucks a month kind of content because (laughs) I think you're the only person in this town that could make that comparison. That specific comparison only comes from right here on K-Man. It's called experience, okay? It's called experience. I love it, though. (laughs) Well, tip-off tonight is at 7. I'm bouncing at about 5.20, 5.25 ish so I can get to Bramlage, and Troy's going to bring you a number two song of the day. Grant Flanders joins us at 5.10. I I looked at my sheet here. Austin Moore coming on at... 450 with Meet the Wildcats, but Mason Voth is in with us for the whole first hour. We'll talk uh, more cats when we come back on the game. Earlier today, Coach Kleiman to the media, Will Howard's red shirt still up in the air. We still got to play that out based on Adrian's health. Based on Will's health, you know, it's easy to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to shelve you, and then something that happens to Adrian and Jake, and you got to pull it. Or Adrian's healthy, and you can, you can hold him. You know, I've got to visit with Will about that. I, I know how Will feels for now, but I want to make sure he understands the future too. But right now, he's the healthiest guy we have back there, and so that's why he knows he's got to stay a viable candidate. Welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Big Steve is on the board today, and uh, Mason Voth, our special guest in studio today. We talked in the earlier in the first hour about who could start running kind of through all the scenarios of what Coach Kleiman and the coaching staff might be boggling their minds with the pros and cons list on how they manage the quarterback situation versus Texas on Saturday. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. Powercat game day will be at 2 in the afternoon right here on K-Man and our sister station, 101.5 K-Rock. And again, tonight from Bramlage, K-State, and Washburn. The men have their only exhibition in front of a crowd tonight, 6 o'clock for the pregame right here on KMAN. Saw this on Twitter today, and this is uh, this. I think this is some really awesome news about the ratings uh, for K-State and Oklahoma State. Now, I was telling the guys in the booth, and I told Wyatt this yesterday, that, boy, I'm sure Fox was just thrilled to have a K-State ass-kicking in the second half just kind of being a little bit of a snooze fest with 13 total points scored, and one of the teams still couldn't do anything. It was a 48 nothing shutout. But what the ratings tell us is maybe that's not the case. It was the fifth-highest-rated game of the weekend, 3.38 million viewers. Wow. couple of things to note. Uh, head-to-head with Georgia, and theirs was a blowout as well. Georgia-Auburn? Florida. 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 Yeah. yeah, was a blowout as well. So if you want to compare apples to apples there, uh, you know the number's not all that far off. But, boy, that time slot had bad ball games in the grand scheme. Uh, but, by the way, it uh, outrated uh, Texas-Oklahoma on ABC. Did it really? By about uh, 0.02 million. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's still significant. It's still yeah, that's still that, big I mean, because, like, yeah, look who you're talking about. Well, and, and that's one of those that has a specific time and place that you know if it's Texas-Oklahoma, they're kicking off at, at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. in Dallas, and it's a big deal. It's always going to be on a big network. So even though you know there's a lot that goes into it, that does showcase a significant win for the future Big 12 and how everything goes. And, I I mean, one of the things that I look at when looking at the TV ratings uh, over the course of the season is go in and try and find the games where, say, for this week, K-State, Oklahoma State, that's two teams that will be in the future Big 12. 
And see how far down you have to go to find two teams playing each other that will be in the future Pac-12 and where they rate out. And do that each and every week because it's really tough to find too many weeks where the Pac-12 is higher than the Big 12 in that circumstance, which is a good sign. It's also very tough to find the ACC in that mix anywhere. So even though we know that the Big 10 and the SEC are defined as the top two leagues in the country as they should be, Everybody talks about how good Big 12 basketball is going to be over the next couple of years, and that is going to be fantastic. But football can still really make a good push to be that number three league, and I think right now that there's a lot of evidence to show that that's probably still going to be the case. Now, you're never going to beat like Clemson, Florida State, whatever moving forward, but when they play bad opponents and you've got great games, the Big 12 is still going to be uh, one of the best to do it, and that's why I think they have a leg up on some of the other leagues. One of the things that stands out to me also in that the competition is going to be very interesting to watch because you know, for the ACC right now, okay, you got Clemson, you've got what, Wake? is in there, NC yeah. State's there, but honestly, there's not a lot in the ACC right now that you're writing home about in terms of caliber of football. There's no depth to that conference. Uh, you know, so that immediately affects Clemson. The SEC has some depth, but boy, do you know how bad Mississippi State really is? Uh, and never mind Texas A&M. And then you get the Big Ten, and we know how bad their depth is. So right now, the Big 12 is one of the more entertaining products because there's actually depth, even with KU having the struggles now that they've had here of late, they're improving. And so there's added depth to the conference. Well, one of the things in there that I think is significant is that in that same time slot on ABC as K-State, Oklahoma State, and then Florida, Georgia, was Nebraska, Illinois. So you have, out of all those schools, even though they're not as good as Georgia now, Nebraska has the br- biggest brand out of anybody that played there. And K-State was still able to beat out Nebraska playing at home against a top 25 opponent in Illinois with their game against Oklahoma State. So I think that's another significant thing Mm -hmm. that even the Big 12's best can beat out these teams that have longstanding brands that are playing solid opponents. Stanford-UCLA was the best rating for the Pac-12, and that was Pac-12 after dark this past weekend. Even Nebraska-Illinois did and, much better numbers and than And UCLA that. won't be there in a couple of years, so how far do you have to go down before yeah. you find like right. a, a Washington versus Stanford or, or something, or some, whatever you want to find there? Pretty far. The best rating for Pac-12 last week that didn't have UCLA or USC was Cal hosting Oregon that drew 738,000 fans for a 230 kickoff. Oh my God. And the other concern, like, I'll play both sides here. Cincinnati UCF played each other head-to-head, I think, at like noon or 2.30 on ESPN. Mm -hmm. The number there wasn't anything special for an ESPN game. So you take the good of the future Big 12 with you're going to have your games like that as well where you'll have some that don't matter in the the public eye, and we're going to have to kind of get used to that, but also understand this league still is going to deserve its shine at the top. Well, and and sometimes it's just kind of the uh, the draw that week Mm -hmm. of what the games are, but... Yeah, I, I think what I think what we just learned is you know a lot of people would rather just watch a Big Twelve ass kicking of a top twenty five game than go to uh, you know a game in the pack or uh, yeah pack twelve and watch Oregon play. Well, you think too like when Cincinnati and, and when UCF they come to the Big Twelve when they are nineteenth um, in the country and they're five and zero. Oh, they're gonna receive more shine now. You go, oh my God, UCF's undefeated. That's what I mean. You don't even th- you don't even think about them. They're they're. I mean, you don't don't even think. But now with that coming in, 
you're going to catch more of those games and people are going to say, I'll check that game. That's two undefeated teams. Top 25, why not? I can't wait. I cannot wait for this to hit. Brett, your mark. Great job, baby. Great job. Better than you thought, Mitch, that you'd do. No. <laughs> I think I was the most optimistic you about were, him in, in this room pumped. than anybody. Yeah. I was so happy about the hire. You know what? I, we haven't really talked much at all about the deal. that It hasn't officially been announced by the Big 12 yet, but um, – I do like the uh, the shot of not having Big Twelve basketball games as as often on ESPN Plus anymore. That's Get some nice. games on Fox, that's mm-hmm. very nice. or FS1 or whatever. I do like that. Um, well, shucks, uh, we don't have time to play Austin. Maybe we'll try to squeeze him in at the at the top of the hour. But Mason, thanks for coming in, buddy. Uh, I enjoyed in every every minute of it. Great to be back here. So I can tell with your new gig, you just have more shine to you. Yeah, just a lot Look of energy. Rested. Well, it's nice to be around the cats on an everyday basis. You sure you don't want to come in and start doing mornings? Um, I just got done doing that for two years. <laughs> That's why I'm I, saying. It, it, I remember what uh, my fill-in role looked like when I had to do that here at K-Man. So <laughs> I, I guess uh, if you ever have a morning where you're down, uh, give me a call. Just you know, give me <laughs> yeah! a better give me a, give me a better heads up than 15 minutes before don't when I got to go to don't class. Do that. I, I just well, was trying to get it taken over, Tuesday. man. That's well, if you want to feel so great, yeah, I come in if every you, morning. If you want to meet Mason in person tonight, come out to Bramlage <laughs> for the exhibition against uh, Washburn. Mason, thanks for coming in. I'm going to see if Big Steve will give me a weather. Hour two next, (laughs) I guess.